You're listening to a 95BFM podcast. Telecom company 1NZ, previously Vodafone, was recently acquired by investment management company Invertel, which under the backdrop of unionisation efforts has started to downsize the company in order to maximise profits. The latest announcement from the CEO includes changes that might result in 10 to 20% of the workforce being made redundant. Spike spoke to Unite Union contact centre organiser Sam Burnside-Woods about the unionisation at the company, work from home policies and the ongoing redundancy waves. So what is Infratil and when did it acquire One New Zealand? So I'm not sure exactly what they call themselves, but Infratil is essentially an investment firm um, that operates out of New Zealand and I think is primarily New Zealand owned and they purchased a controlling share in Vodafone New Zealand, which used to be One New Zealand, um, back in, I I think it was late 2019. Um, But last year in June, uh, they acquired the the rest of the company. I think it's like 98% of of now One New Zealand. Um, So they are more or less the sole owners minus a few minor shareholders. And since they've taken over, what have their actions been like? Well, primarily uh, they view One New Zealand as a way to generate revenue. And I mean, obviously, every business in, in you know the first instance is, is designed to generate profit. But what I mean by that is they look at One New Zealand as a way to essentially subsidize their other investments by generating, you know, as much wealth as they as they can get from a business that is seen to be relatively stable and yeah their actions to date kind of illustrate that point they're not particularly concerned with the health of the business long term uh in my view they're making decisions that are designed to maximize return on their investment in the short term and you've been involved in unionization efforts at one new zealand how has that been going so far well i mean honestly i would say it's been going well the only uh, i guess problem or, or or roadblock if you want to call it that that we've been having is um the business seems to be unwilling or unable to really understand uh what it is we're trying to achieve with these efforts and so they're willing to do you know they're willing to the, to to you know sing the song and do the dance when it comes to the process driven stuff but when we actually sit down and talk to them they don't seem to understand why we're we're doing the things we're doing um and that and that's honestly quite frustrating <laughs> but I suppose, you know, this is the first time anybody has really tried to apply any amount of pressure to an industrial campaign at One New Zealand. And so it makes sense that they're not reacting in the best way. But still, I would say that's the main issue I'm having at the moment. Some of your unionization efforts have included pushing for work from home concessions. Uh, What has that fight looked like? Well, so obviously when when the pandemic happened and uh, the work was forced to be done entirely remotely, One New Zealand was actually praised by the media and by people who commentate on the on the industry as being very agile with regards to enabling their stuff to work remotely. And we saw that continue uh, for probably just over two years. But 
you know, as the lockdowns were eased and as conditions started to normalise, at least economically in New Zealand, the expectation was that people would spend some time back in the office. Yeah, initially the the workers were quite happy with that, um, but that was when it was only two days in the office and three days at home. And admittedly, since that decision has been in place, the economic conditions of the country have worsened considerably. So um, in October last year, they basically sent out an email saying that the expectation was going to be moving forward. The workers would be in the office three days a week and at home two days a week. And many people saw this as a, a, a change that they wouldn't be sustainably able to meet. They wouldn't be able to continue to meet that expectation long term. It certainly puts an extra burden on people uh, financially having to, to travel and, um, you know, pay for childcare and, and things of that nature an extra day a week. Many people have, uh, over the course of the pandemic, taken up this role uh, from quite far from the office, which is located in Takapuna. Uh, on the North Shore. And so if you're commuting from like Papatoetoe to Takapuna three days a week, that's a considerable <laughs> drain on your uh, income. Whereas previously, you know, that you were able to do that work entirely remotely and then two days a week or one day a week in some cases, um, that was okay. But more broadly, it, it uh, represents a willingness and a disregard that the company has towards its workers and towards making decisions that impact their lives. After the Infratel buyout, One New Zealand has begun conducting restructuring efforts. What's been the latest news with that? So uh, I got an update uh, from one of my members. Um, there was a video put out by the CEO of One New Zealand, Jason Paris, that said that they have confirmed that they're looking to reduce roles by 200 uh, full-time positions. So that's not including all of the contractors and people on secondments who also have been um, either let go or had their positions, you know, reverted base roles. So not only are we looking at 200 full-time uh, staff being made redundant, you also have, you know, a whole lot of people being underutilised um, at least in the context of, of One New Zealand. In terms of the percentage of the workforce that is currently being restructured, what would that percentage look like? So just the just the 200 staff, it's difficult to say exactly, but in terms of the, the numbers I've seen, it's, it's anywhere between 10 to 20% of the staff outside of retail. Um, I've been told the, the outbound sales team is having its FTE for a full-time equivalent quota halved. So my assumption would be, you know, there would be some impact to that area of the business as well. I I do know that um, every team across the business has been given a, a cost reduction goal for this quarter, which is directly leading to these redundancies. What is the direction forward? Is there any way to kind of push it back against this? Yeah, no, so I, I believe there is. I think um, obviously unionization would be would be my primary uh, focus. But I think more broadly, um, highlighting the the reason for this this change and and this, I guess, yeah, reduction in roles would probably help uh, people understand a little more as to um, how to how to prevent this from happening in future. It's probably a little bit too late to 
prevent this specific situation from happening. But, um, you know, these kinds of changes are emblematic of a uh, an attitude from, you know, firms like Infratel that, uh, you know, the profit that they earn from the businesses that they own is theirs, but any sort of loss that they incur from the business is something that the, the workers have to absorb. Um, and so I think if more people understood that and understood, you know, how that, that happens mechanically, um, you know, that plus, plus more engagement and, and union activity would, I think, go a long way to preventing uh, companies from doing stuff like this again. That was Spike speaking to Unite Union contact centre organiser Sam Burnside Woods about unionisation at the company, work home policy, work from home policies, and the ongoing redundancy waves. That was a 95BFM podcast. To hear more, head to 95BFM.com/becasts.